0: Wow. I didn't think I was ever going to get here. (laughs) But you made it. Another day in paradise. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's like my phone never rings. Never. Because I have no friends. And (laughs) my phone rang twice in the past 10 minutes. So I was totally overwhelmed and didn't know what to do. (laughs) And then I Venmo'd. The tile installer. The wrong amount of money, of course, in his favor. What are the odds of me getting that money back? Ugh. Oh, no. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if you can cancel a Venmo. I can't. I just tried. Uh Yeah. Sucks. My dishwasher that was supposed to be here between 9 and 11 is actually coming between 12 and 3 because they have their head so far up their ass, they don't even know what the light of day looks like. <laughs> See, you called it when you said they'd probably be there around one o'clock. Yeah. See, <laughs> and people say, "Oh, you put that negative energy out into the atmosphere." It's, it's like, "Screw you!" In my negative atmosphere energy. Okay. <laughs> what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm negative after having the shit kicked out of me for sixty four years. <laughs> And never getting a break anywhere. Yeah, geez, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I don't know. I'm a pessimist. <laughs> what can I say? Glass half full. I know. <laughs> but it's got botulism in it. Like <laughs> <up>. arsenic. <laughs> yeah. Take it down. Uh it's like that saying when life gives you lemons, make lemonade oh god please. but i like to say when life gives me lemons i squeeze them into the eyes of my enemies yeah i was just <laughs> that's so funny because i was just thinking i'm gonna rub them in someone's <laughs> eyes that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> we are cut from the same cloth <laughs> yeah. yeah go figure <laughs> yeah i guess all my doubts about them giving me the wrong child in the hospital are wrong oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> We're too too much alike. You're stuck with me. Yeah, well, it's not bad. It's just that you're such a good kid that I was like, whose kid is this? This can't be mine. Oh. (laughs) So you used up all your luck with me, I guess. I did. But (laughs) apparently it was worth it because you're going to take care of me in the long run, right? Uh Uh-huh. Just not your dogs. No. <laughs> oh, you're awful. Poor puppies. That means not my money, too. So just remember that. Okay. Yeah, all right. Mine. <laughs> so, God, I'm in a mood to do this book review. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so you should probably start. Okay, sure. All right. <laughs> I'll snap out of it. Okay. So the book we're doing today is called After I Fall. It is book one in the Immortal Billionaires series uh, by Melissa Circia. And uh, the book is Dual POV. Yeah. Which is my favorite. Mine too. Yeah. I get so spoiled once I read multiple points of view. Yeah. Like if I just read a book with one person's POV, I'm like, I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I blame you because I never even paid attention to a POV. I didn't even know what a POV was until we started doing this. It's funny because you get so used to reading a certain type of book. So when mm-hmm. I read a book that's only told from one perspective, I'm like, gosh, this is really weird. Or if I read a book that's written in all third person, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is also kind of annoying. Well, that would be annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I just get really spoiled with all of... A lot of these authors doing the first person dual POV because then I really feel immersed in the characters and what have you. Well, there obviously is a big advantage to me being oblivious in the world because a lot of stuff gets by me that does not annoy me. I wish I was oblivious. So I read this, I told you I was reading Bone Shard Daughter, right? Yes. That book, I want to say, had five different POVs. Oh, wow. Which is usually okay, but. Two of the POVs were written in first person and the other three were written in third person. Oh, that is weird. Why would you do that? (laughs) It's like, I don't understand. What's the logic behind that other than to infuriate the readers? I don't know. All I know is, again, since we started doing this and started talking about this more, I've found three books that I forgot to tell you about or make notes about where there's a typo or the misuse of a word in the book and i'm mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna have to tell her re- I, I never would have noticed that before <laughs> thank you so much for ruining one other thing for me it's great you're, you're welcome god once you start noticing it's hard to not notice yeah but- you, you can't unsee it yeah, but you know, typos are really persistent. It's like, you have the author, you probably have an editor, you have a proofreader, you have like all these arc readers, and then this stinking typo still makes it through. So <laughs> it's just, you kind of have to like admire its persistence. Yes. Give it some props there. Okay. So in this book, um, our main character, female main character, her name is Raven, like the bird. Yes, of course. She, uh... I swear I did not think of this until right now, but she flies into a big city. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. Go ahead. It's terrible. It is. So to me, she's a typical, like what some people refer to as a Mary Sue. Mary Sue. She's from a small town. She's got no life experience. She's just kind of naive and like, oh, like, She's supposed to be like a quote unquote, like almost country bumpkin. I was just going to say we would call her in my day a country bumpkin. Yeah. Okay. So now she's in New York. Yeah. Trying to make a name for herself. Not really a name for herself, but she wants to like be a chef in a restaurant. So she had to leave her small town, which like their fanciest restaurant is like the local bar or some shit with a hamburger joint. And that's it. Yeah. They reference that town multiple times as... But we get it. It's it's a one horse dive of a place. One stoplight problem. She moves to New York. She ends up renting a room from a girl named Piper. Piper is also from the same small town as her. I don't... How she found Piper's information or any of that never really comes yeah, out. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter, I guess. Piper has a shady AF job. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought she was a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading this book, because I'm like, oh boy, this girl does have some secrets that she's keeping close to the vest. Okay. She, yeah, she could be a an escort. An escort. Yeah. High yeah, price escort. I, I didn't think of it, but that's right. Because of course, Piper's in the big city. She's got a really fancy apartment. She it's, travels extensively. She, yeah. She travels all over the world. Raven gets to the apartment. She has like two suitcases and that's it. hyper shows her around the apartment and then she's like okay bye i have to go to work to work for like weeks at a time yeah here's my keys enjoy the apartment um use anything you want in the apartment i'm like you're really putting a lot of your trust in this girl you do not know at all She just happens to be from the same small town as you. And she's just like, well, I feel better having somebody from my same small town watch my apartment while I'm traveling for work. It's all very cryptic and weird. I think it's because you've never been from a small town. But there is that connection between people from a small town. I didn't even bat an eye at that. Like that's... Kind of what it would be like, I guess. That part's not so weird for me. The part that is really weird is that she just instantly leaves. She literally leaves like 30 minutes after after Raven shows up. She's like, I got to catch a flight. I'm leaving for like weeks at a time. Good luck in New York. Yeah. And then she says a raven asks her like what do you do for work and she just says a little bit of everything but i love the traveling mm-hmm. dot 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 right. more on her later it's all very yes uh, suspicious well that's where the prostitution part came in for me but okay <laughs> so uh raven has only ever spent one summer abroad in italy when she graduated from high school um otherwise she's never been outside of her small town uh the small town is called maplewood she had a culinary internship at a winery in Italy. That's pretty much all of her life experience she's had up until this point. Well, that's a lot of life experience. I wish I had gotten an internship someplace in Italy because I was thinking, how does this girl from a little town of nowhere get a job in Italy, especially an internship at this winery when she has no, she wants to go into the culinary world, but she has never been to culinary school. Yes, I have a lot to say on this. Oh, all right, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. She, the next morning she wakes up. She's like, well, I have to find a job. I have to go job hunting. And she's walking around New York because of course she doesn't want to brave the subway. And she quickly realizes that while she was probably the prettiest girl in Maplewood, she's not really anything special in New York city, which oh boy Lends even more to the mary sue aspect of her yeah and they bring that up on more than one occasion too she wants to be a chef but she has to start as a server because she has no experience as a chef and then i'm thinking what the hell has she been doing in her life because it's been five <laughs> years five years since she graduated high school and had that internship in italy so she's 24 oh i didn't 23? even think of that but yeah you're right what has she been <laughs> doing yeah, I mean, you're not even flipping burgers at your diet <laughs> bar. Like, how do you? Yeah. I- it this never really gets resolved, and it's just kind of stupid to me. Like, if you want to be a chef, Raven, you need to cook something, even if it is a burger. Yeah, I mean, I guess she cooks at home, but that's really the extent of it. So I don't really know. What have you been doing for work? Why haven't you been trying to go to culinary school? Why aren't you doing anything? But then five years after you had this experience, you finally decide to, go to New York. But whatever. So she goes job hunting. She goes place to place and place. She kind of crashes and burns at a lot of them because she really has nothing on her resume. But she finally ends up towards the end of the day at this Italian food place called uh, Dolce Sale. And she says, it means sweet salt. That's brilliant. I'm thinking, is it though? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, But she loves it. You know, it's a fancy Italian food place. Um, The guy she talks to at the door, gives her resume to is Enzo. Um, He instantly takes an interest in her when he sees on the resume that she had that internship at Aussie Wines and immediately offers her the job. Yes, but I love this part because in the book, she literally says, you know, he offers her the job and tells her that the owner of this restaurant also owns that winery. She's all, I nearly fell over from shock. What are the odds? Well, apparently in the five years since her internship, she's also not doing any research about restaurants in Italy, in New New York. York. Yeah. Apparently she never saw this guy, Ozzy, when she was at the winery. Yes. And she's saying how he has contributed to the culinary world and his wines are world renowned and his restaurants are award winning. She must have done some research because she knew it's very confusing. (laughs) And on top of it, she hears he's gorgeous. She's seen him in all like the, he's of course a big himbo. So he's, you know, always in the newspapers for being like with these beautiful women and what have you. Mm -hmm. Please let me talk about the next chapter. Yes, go ahead. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So Enzo tells Ozzy, you know, we, I've hired a girl to work uh, at the restaurant and Ozzy said, that's great. Also, I'm throwing a party, another party tomorrow night, double their pay because apparently he wants his servers to work his private party. And then we switched to Ozzy's point of view and it says in the meantime he's in bed with a woman and after giving him a blowjob, she says to him I would have swallowed you know and he thinks to himself well of course she would have she took one look at my $30,000 watch and decided that she would do just about anything and he says to her tasting me is a privilege one you have not earned yet and one she won't be given a chance to earn he's a one and done kind of guy i definitely highlighted that also because i'm like is this gross or is it hot and what the fuck is wrong with me that i don't know the answer it (laughs) let me tell you as your mother it's gross like he's such a man whore That he's, yeah, he's literally getting a BJ while he's talking on the phone to Enzo. This is just his life because he's lived such a long time and life is boring now. He has nothing, you know, going on for him except for his constant orgasms. Yes. And they are saying that this is his Sicilian charm. So let me tell you, my father was 100% Sicilian. There's no such thing as Sicilian charm. Okay. I'm 100% (laughs) Italian. (laughs) I've had many, uh, all my relatives are 100% Italian. I I read that and I was like, okay, this person apparently has never, and sorry to all Sicilians, but my interaction with Sicilians is that they're a little angry all the time. Sicilian charm or the myth of Italian charm only works on non-Italians. Yes. It's mind blowing to me. Yes, thank (laughs) you. You've met our family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. I don't know. It's like, you know, the dark hair, the passion, always feeling all of the emotions, which is fine, which is great. Uh, Like, I love Italians. I love that they feel things so vividly. But then at the same time, you're constantly dealing with somebody who's always feeling things so vividly and it can be exhausting, especially when like the guys only feel anger and you're like, come on. Yeah, (laughs) let me apologize to you right now because... (laughs) because i know i have exhausted you with my uh emotion i'm sure i have and thank god i you think i just randomly picked your father no i there was a plan to dilute this gene pool yeah my husband's a basic white guy that's my yeah you're go-to. welcome <laughs> so there may be some hope for your children <laughs> like oh we're a little too fiery we gotta (laughs) bring some calming waters into this (laughs) right yes absolutely so they go on to um explain that coming always makes him so thirsty it makes him crave blood but he couldn't just go around drinking from somebody's vein not unless he's able to finish the job which apparently means killing people because Mm -hmm. he tells calls himself a a monster and Then he says goodbye to this woman and he he says ciao Bella and I almost lost my shit because I'm like (laughs) why did you have to make this guy Italian and unless you're Italian please don't throw in Italian words you throw in two Italian words and you've got an Italian leading man give me a break I'm like oh I can tell what I'm gonna think of this book already that right there was like cold splash of water i think he's supposed to give you kind of the like icky like he's overdoing it oh okay well then he succeeded he's like a caricature of an italian he's not like is this how real amalian (laughs) italian what the fuck am i saying i don't know (laughs) see what they do to you they make you crazy right yeah exactly I don't know. It's just this is what you picture Italian men as or like this is what Italian men are usually portrayed as as the sleazy machismo. Yeah, and I don't you know, I don't like it. I, I really don't like it. I find it as an Italian. I find it in a little insulting, but okay. He does end up drinking some blood from blood bags that he keeps in his wine cellar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's a whole other chapter different type of red <laughs> in the wine cellar. Yes. And then he helicopters from his house to his penthouse in Manhattan because this you, all occurred at whatever estate or something. Yes, but you forgot the part where he thinks to himself that he doesn't have an emotional connection with person with people except for this one woman that he thought was going to be his perfect mate. And he did turn her, but I guess he didn't talk to her first. And he still remembers how much fear she had on her face and how she was terrified and horrified when she realized that she was dying and that he he thinks to himself he snuffed out her humanity. You know, this was his one true love. But of course, as soon as he turned her against her will, she hated him. Yeah, sure. When he gets to the um manhattan penthouse he has a little gift a quote-unquote little gift waiting for him from his assistant charlie who's another (sighs) fucking scumbag yeah he's a pimp turns out his little gift is a brunette Mm -hmm. waiting in his bed and he fucks her of course of course because why wouldn't he yeah because yeah he just gets done getting laid and he arrives at his penthouse to get laid but this is just another way to show how raven is Really different from all these other women. <laughs> She's not like other women. Yeah, so there's something about her. Oh, it's Raven's first night at work. She has this girl named Tori training her. Tori's being a total bitch. Calls her a country girl. Yeah. Um, which is apparently supposed to be an insult. If you're from a big city and you call someone a country girl, apparently it's an insult. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. So stupid. I know a lot of people from big cities. I've never heard them refer to anybody as a country girl, but okay. There's something called a bloody Manhattan on the menu because of course there is. It's the signature cocktail for the restaurant. I'm so glad you mentioned it because I have it in my notes too. It sounded fucking disgusting. Did you see the ingredients? It sounded horrible. (laughs) Yes. I don't, I think it was like bourbon and something else. I mean, I don't drink that anyway, so Mm -hmm. I probably would think it was disgusting regardless, but it was like Was it bourbon and red wine? I think so. Yes. Because it's some weird combination. Mm -hmm. It was like a minchelada, but like (laughs) (laughs) fancy Italian version. Oh boy. We made a bartender. His name is Max. Mm -hmm. Uh, He of course gives her a little taste of the drink. Because he's like, well, you have to know what you're yes. trying to what you're sell all the people in the restaurant. Yeah, because they're like $25 a pop. Yeah, and then um, she just spends the night helping Tori with like running food back and forth and take, taking drink orders. And she does think to herself, we don't have people that look like that in Maplewood. Because everybody that comes in the door is just one beautiful person after another. And mm-hmm. she, she feels like she's way out of her league. Yeah, she's really uncomfortable but her being really uncomfortable kind of makes sense because her whole goal is to be in the back working as a chef and so her like being in front of all these people in general is kind of not how she is yeah it's not her thing it's not her thing so her feeling like a fish out of water here actually kind of made a little bit of sense mm-hmm. but there's a lot of emphasis on how beautiful everyone else is and how plain she is yeah so right away we learned that Tory for some reason why she would do this she said that tori gave her bad directions all night and that she was making fun of her in front of the other staff members right off the bat well because everyone she works with is a bitch and all the customers are beautiful because They're not like her. Mm. She's from Maplewood. (laughs) Like you can't have female friends apparently. And she doesn't in this book. She gets a friend. It's not a woman. Of course. I have more on that later. Well, there's Piper. Her mysterious prostitute. Piper doesn't count as her friend though, because she's only ever talks to Piper like three times in this book. She doesn't know her at all. Okay. So at the end of the shift, it says it's almost 11 PM. And I'm like, what kind of restaurant is this fancy restaurant in Manhattan that the shift is 11 p.m. it's more like it would be like one in the morning by the time the people fucking left and whatever so her end of the shift thing is never makes sense so she gets it sprung on her that now she has to work a fucking party yeah she's like no choice yeah yeah enzo says okay bambinos because that's another italian word that everybody knows freshen up and look presentable I don't want to keep Ozzy waiting. Well, and why would they want her? She knows absolutely nothing. So this whole like ruse to get her near Ozzy mm-hmm. was a little, it was very far-fetched, but Oh, and then he's he says to her, Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you about the party. He doesn't like to hire outside caterers. She's like, oh, of course, Enzo. Yeah, so she started working at four in the afternoon that day. She worked like seven hours. I know. And now they tell her yeah. it's not only a party she has to go work, but it's an overnight party. No, that's at, not the first one, is it? The first one isn't. Uh, n- No, I mean, it's like during the night. Oh, I mean. oh, okay. So I'm thinking like they have like no labor laws <laughs> or right. the people they don't no care. Because, yeah, because they're getting paid double pay she agrees to go so i guess everyone that's a server there doesn't care about these hideous hours they have to work because they get all this extra money i don't know if i was brand new to a big city i probably would do the same thing if i was 23 i wouldn't mind being up all night because it's just what 23 year olds well, yes. do yeah you're right <laughs> Yeah, I I love the next section because they go back to Ozzy's point of view and he's getting out of the shower and he's wiping the steam off the mirror and he's admiring his own reflection and thinks to himself, no wonder mortal women can't keep their hands off of me. Pectorial muscles twitch and constrict sharp fangs tiny little nerve endings that send titilizing sensations through my body similar to an orgasm (gasps) oh yeah he's a big slab of vampire meat well he's an egomaniac well yeah but he has reason to be i mean he's got all this money he's got all this you know italian charm that he's (laughs) oh my god i'm sorry There's never a reason to be like this be a normal person please this is a lot how men think you know it's think of yourself as the way that a mediocre white man would think of yourself and you'll have more confidence than you do already it's just something that's inbred in men oh no wonder i don't have one of my own i just can't put up with that crap yeah there's something about like my shit doesn't stink i can do no wrong He just really feeds into that male ego. I don't even want to insult all males because not all men are like this, but it's just very stereotypical. Well, he's apparently a 200-year-old vampire that has done no personal growth. No, not until he meets her. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Well, so the party that he's throwing that they have to do this during the night shift is for the anniversary of when he turned his human once-of-a-lifetime Person he was in love with. So the anniversary of when she died is when he throws this party every year. I'm like, he's so morbid. Oh, that's so funny because I did not even get that. Oh yeah, he doesn't like to be alone on the anniversary of when he turned when he her- killed her. What's her name? Camille. <laughs> when he killed Camille, yeah. it's too painful. The love of his life that wasn't the love of his life. Mm-hmm. So he'd rather um, surround himself with the schmoozing and all the fancy people, because of course there's a ton of people at this party. Well, the other thing I wanted to say, if this this party starts at midnight or whatever, a, they say it's a string quartet. Let me tell you, nobody's starting a string quartet party at midnight in new york on a terrace i mean if you have a fancy penthouse in manhattan i guess maybe you don't care about what the hoa says (laughs) yeah if he has such yeah if he has such (laughs) wild parties they're not parties that are accompanied by a string quartet i mean this is like wild for fancy rich people i guess this isn't like wild how i would think a wild party would be well what are his guests all over the age of 50 well I mean he's 200 so maybe I don't know and again all these people are gorgeous and they all knew it so of course she's working the party she spots Ozzy from across the room and she recognizes him from like newspaper articles or fucking the internet or who knows what and she thinks he is the most beautiful man I'd ever seen of course he is of course he is (laughs) and she also thinks again men didn't look like that in applewood okay okay we get it enough with the freaking applewood it's a dump and nobody wants to go there so yeah she thinks to herself about this guy named alex that she used to date and how it had only been a year since he broke her heart and her trust Mm -hmm. this is another thing that doesn't really make sense in the timeline if Alex broke her heart a year ago, why did it take her so long to move to New York? She hasn't gotten over Alex in the year, just like how Ozzy hasn't gotten over Camille in the 200 years yes, or whatever. Right. It's been 100 years or some BS. The love of his life. And she uh, Raven is so attracted to Ozzy when she sees him that she can't even face him. She has to keep her back to him so that she does not she's able to function and perform her job i mean i have seen some really gorgeous men in real life where it's almost like you don't want to look at them because you're like i swear if i look at them i'm just gonna have a big dopey grin on my face well that's true i'll have a come, uh, come hither look uh so of course enzo tells ozzy that he wants to introduce him to raven um but then at the same time enzo's like please don't fuck her it's like yeah really <laughs> Yeah, okay. he tells Ozzy because Ozzy apparently fucks everything that walks and Enzo's like, please leave her alone. And mm-hmm. uh, and Ozzy's shocked because Enzo's been with him for over 30 years and he's never been that blunt with him before. Yeah, Enzo is like instantly protective of Raven and Ozzy doesn't really understand it. So Ozzy eventually sees her, but of course he only sees her from the backside because she's not facing mm-hmm. him and he's instantly attracted to her and he thinks there's something familiar about her yes and she needs to turn around so she can he can actually see her face but from the back he can already tell that her blood was pure and sweet and filled with nervous energy and a hint of mystery in this chapter we also meet one of his best friends cassius i'm just gonna admit and i'm sure you're gonna be shocked by this but i'm complete trash for this man (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I am too. Far more so than Aussie. Uh, yes, Calgon, take me away. Mm-hmm. When you learn more about him, right? <laughs> but, um, he's a big behemoth of a man. He's covered in tats. Oh, he's got long blonde hair, which uh, I could do without, but it really fits him. He's he's usually putting it up in like a man bun. He's like the complete opposite of Aussie, almost. Right in his looks, I picture Ozzy as like uh, suave, always wearing a suit, mm-hmm. short black hair. Mm-hmm cassius is like rugged tatted big bad boy he doesn't go through women like water ozzy has to stop talking to cassius at one point because he's so flustered thinking about raven he's about to like hulk out and he has to run to his pantry and like suck down a few blood dogs just to calm himself down i was like what the hell does that what okay whatever this really reminded me of like a combination of twilight And 50 Shades of Gray. Maybe that's it. Maybe people have seen this Twilight phenom and think they can all write about vampires now. I don't know. Well, so in Twilight, Edward is usually getting those little creepy eye things because he's freaking out about Bella, right? Yes. This is what Ozzy does a lot. He kind of freaks out. I picture him having the weird eye thing, can't really control himself. He's 200 years old. Get a grip. He has no self-control, though, because why would he have self-control? Well, I don't know. Over her, because she's different. (laughs) Yeah, they finally meet each other. Enzo finally introduces them, and they just stare at each other without speaking. And, of course, he kisses her hand. He takes her hand and kisses it, and she just feels dizzy and like she's drunk. This cracked me up, that she wanted to grab one of those flutes of wine that as the tr- servers are going by, she just wants to guzzle this wine so that she can have the nerve to speak to him. Well, she's a server herself. Couldn't she just go into the back kitchen and chug a bunch of wine? Uh, you're not supposed to be doing that in front of the owner of the <laughs> 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 it's like, she's supposed to be working the party, not being a participant of the party. But okay. She finds out that she worked at the, his winery and he wants to hear more about it. You know, she says that, oh, it's nice to meet you and walks off. But she can tell he is watching her all night. Oh, no, he says to her, I will see you again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, stalker mode activated. Yes, exactly. He is still reeling from Raven's presence. Cassius says to him, no hot model waiting for you tonight. And he turns to him and goes, I've already played twice today. I'm like, oh, my God. Ew. Yeah, ew. Oh, my God, please. But they go in his office because Cassius has something important to tell him. Uh Uh-huh. In the office, we get to learn more about Cassius and another guy we don't ever really meet in this book. Turns out there's three of them. They're all BFFs. Yeah. The third guy, his name is Lux. Mm Mm-hmm. And he is out of the country on one of his little artifact expeditions. Cassius wants to talk to him about something they call the black account. It's something that the three of them own and it contains all of their hidden assets and black market dealings. So not only is Cassius like the hot, big, sexy Viking of a man, but he's also the tech whiz. hmm love a so man he, with a brain. Yeah, he's very well-rounded. Yes, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's what appeals to me yeah he wants to he's trying to investigate some weird stuff that's happening with the black account and he's just kind of letting ozzy know like hey there's some weird shit going on but yeah someone's trying you know, to know i'm on it yeah someone's trying to hack into their account and i thought how stupid are they that they would put all their assets in one account they should have bank accounts all over the world cassius is a tech whiz so apparently it doesn't matter and they have to bury it because they don't want people to see all their stuff because they're so old they don't want to you know flag themselves or anything i don't know yeah and, and he tells cassius you got to fix it i can't be seen anywhere near this happening i'm just my presence is too well known in public ozzy is the face of the yeah, operation he's the front almost man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one that's supposed to be in the limelight while Cassius and Lux are the behind-the-scenes people. Yeah, and he, um, he thinks to himself, even though they're over, uh, they're all over 100 years old, him being 200 years old, none of them look like they're over 30. It's during this interaction that Ozzy gives Cassius some shit about being a mateless wolf, and I'm like, oh, I'm done for. Yeah. Just... Put me six feet under because I'm even more trash (laughs) for this man because he's a fucking shifter. (laughs) Yes, he's a shifter. Ah, My kryptonite. He tells him, (laughs) when's the last time you had a woman in your bed? And it's like, Cassius is not a woman whore like you are, Ozzy. Yeah, he's waiting for his one true love. And he calls them when they're talking about you know, trying to figure this out. They say, he says something like, we are all the sons of the fallen. Did you catch that when you're reading it? And I'm like, what is this? Are they going to explain this down the, the road, what the sons of the fallen are? But they don't. There's a couple of things they don't really explain fully, which maybe they're waiting. There's more for the next yeah. books. Yeah, yeah okay they're supposed to f- because we also figure out that there's a fourth person at some point we figure out there's a fourth person from the bff group but he disappeared a long time ago and they don't talk about him oh right right so there's a couple things that are interesting but they don't get addressed here but they probably get addressed in those other books okay so then it's like the next day and ozzy calls enzo because he wants a table at dolce Saleh that night and he demands that raven is his server of course yeah but he doesn't like to dine alone so what does he do he calls that disgusting assistant he has yeah he calls his pimp and he's like i need an i need somebody to accompany me to dinner and she shows up like three minutes later well he says i need a date blonde preferably and i need her to be here in five minutes the more adventurous, the better. And poof, there she is mm-hmm. knocking on his window to the car to get in and go. Yeah, he wanted a blonde within five minutes. She showed up in like three and a half minutes. And this is another thing to point out. Everyone he's with, all the women in his past that are mean nothing, are all blondes. But of course, Raven has dark hair. Yes. Yeah, so and let me tell you, you can't get anywhere in New York in three minutes. <laughs> so there's no way she could have gotten there in three minutes unless she can transport teleport herself he said that she got there early but she looked a little flustered and a little disheveled so she probably came out of the bed of someone else to go to. yeah i know gross huh it's very gross but he doesn't mind that because he's bed hopping too i guess well yeah but he's a snob so yeah as soon as they sit down in the restaurant this date immediately puts her her hand up his thigh this is what he normally likes he normally likes the handsy slutty women and of course he he wants to be there to see raven but he doesn't want to seem too interested in her and he also doesn't want to seem available because he's not available he's a one and done kind of guy he wants this blonde to be all over him like she's playing into it perfectly yeah he wants her but he doesn't want her it's a typical mind fuck of course raven comes up to help them and you know she says this i almost died when i read this line she takes her order and she says I'll be right back with your thigh. I oh, I mean your wine. <laughs> I would have, if I did that, I'd put my tray down, walk out the door, and I would just <laughs> die of embarrassment. I would never go back there in a million years. Just walk straight into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Let someone push me onto those tracks. Oh my god. Yeah, I yeah, the blonde was like distracting her so much, right? That she <laughs> Yeah oh god this poor bitch yes yeah she's all <laughs> why did he request me to wait on them when that half naked what bombshell she refers to she's miserable she's she like, is miserable but w- when they lock eyes with each other even the blonde can tell there's a spark between them because she moves closer to him mm-hmm. and she's she like, takes her claws in a little more yeah she's like it, raven thinks to herself is, is this the type he likes the dumber the better Apparently, because you're a little naive, too, my girl. Oh, God. And she okay, she so, does think, and I did like this part where she goes, his uh, arrogance is beginning to annoy me. Yeah, well, it's a, I think he's supposed to annoy her. He's trying to annoy her. I don't know. He's playing mind games with her, of course. Well, he annoys me, too. Uh So it's finally the end of her shift, and she goes with coworkers to get a drink because every Friday night or whatever they have this tradition at the restaurant where they go to a bar and they all get drinks together at a place called the Red Apothecary. Yeah so she goes with Max and I actually kind of like Max he is her co-worker and he's the only one that's kind to her in my opinion and so he talks her into going to this thing and she goes of course like the stupid country bumpkin she is she goes we only have two bars in Maplewood it's like okay okay so of course when she gets there with her co-workers Ozzy's already there with that bimbo he had at the restaurant yeah and he's at the bar and of course he makes eye contact with her from across the room that was actually kind of good their their eye contact and says there was so much longing in her eyes so much hunger i wanted to taste it Mm -hmm. ozzy's at the bar and he gets approached by a woman named camille this is where we find out Camille is that woman that he turned, you know, a hundred years ago. There's a pretty tense conversation between the two of them. Ozzy doesn't really want anything to do with her because she hates him. Uh, She says she has business in the city. So she'll be there for a while, of course. Yes. And um, then Ozzy is approaching the bar. Oh, at some point he's not near the bar anymore. And he starts walking back to the bar to go up towards raven but before he can get there she gets a phone call and she like runs off really quickly so he when he finally reaches the bar the only person left there is max yes and he he bribes max to tell him why um raven ran off so quickly he goes if you tell me why she ran off i'll buy you shares in this bar yeah i'll give you (laughs) 10 shares So of course, yeah, he he tells them, you know, that I don't know everything, but it was bad. And she said she just got the worst news of her life. And Ozzy says to him, you now own 10 shares of the red apothecary. And it's like, I'm sorry, I've done market trading before. That's not how it works. I I mean, it's what it's one in the morning. Yeah, The market's closed. And why would this random bar even have shares? But Okay. I I can appreciate what he's trying to do here. (laughs) Yes. So this is when we get the bombshell of all bombshells about Raven's life and her dysfunctional family. In her internal dialogue. Do tell. Oh, okay. I will. So she learned that her ex, Alex, is not only getting married... To the woman that he cheated on her with. But the woman he cheated on her with, are you ready for this? Was her own sister, Meadow. Her own sister. And on top of that, her parents are apparently totally fine with this. She was always her favorite. And there's nothing left to do but just cry herself to sleep. There's a very big, like, woe is me. My parents never loved me. They always loved my little sister more. Yeah, but this was another reason. I don't understand why she waited an entire year yeah after alex cheated on her to move to the big city because i feel like if she had nothing going on for her in the town you know alex was cheating on her and not just that but with her own sister i would hightail it out of there immediately but she waited a whole year to like actually do anything about it it does not make sense but okay yeah i didn't i didn't get it either but whatever She ends up, you know, sleeping through the night and she wakes up to somebody banging on her door in the morning and it's Alex. And she forgot that she had agreed to hang out with him all day and that he was going to show her around the city. But she's really depressed right now and she doesn't really want to go. And he tells her, you got to go. You can't just sit here all day by yourself. So she says to him, oh, look, Max, you're really sweet, but I'm not interested in starting anything with you. And he starts laughing and that's when Max tells her, "I Raven, I'm gay. Of course he is, because every romance novel has a gay BFF in it. Right. And, just, I, and I thought when I read that, I thought, well, no wonder he was so nice to her, because, you know, he's gay. <laughs> every woman needs a gay guy friend. I don't mind it in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, I have lots of gay friends. Like, I have nothing against this in real life. I'm just so sick of this in books that the women never have any friends except for one gay guy. Like... They're not purse dogs. Like, why do we have to keep doing this in books? I don't know. I have never. I don't think I've read a book before where the guy and I don't think I have read that unless it's like. Oh my god, it happens all the time in these contemporary style romances. Well, where, like the I don't read girls. Spe- yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's why. Yeah, but I'm just like, I just had to roll my eyes at it when I'm like, of course he's gay because they all are. I just remember reading books about gay a gay guy but the, it's a gay it's a romance about gay men well yeah i that i would rather read than about this purse dog <laughs> gay bff that's in this book. oh that's funny and he tells her of course you country girls are so fresh refreshing so he's calling her country girl either so maybe it's now a term of an of endearment I guess. I don't know. And the things they do in New York when they take off to spend the day together, you would be exhausted. Thank you. There's no way in fuck they got all this done in one day. There's absolutely no way. First of all, it takes you all day just to get across town. Can we list everything they're supposed to have done in one day? Okay. So in the course of one day, they're supposed to walk around Central Park. They window shop on Fifth Avenue because, of course, they don't go into the stores because they don't have money. So they window shop. Mm -hmm. They went to Times Square and then they also went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and looked at all of the exhibits. (laughs) Just the the museum would be an all day event and you'd have to come back to see the rest of it another day. At this point, it's still early enough in the day that they want to go to the Met Cafe and look for mimosas, which I'm sorry, who drinks mimosas unless it's the morning time? Right. So is it supposed to still be early in the morning for this? No. (laughs) This is the other thing. It's like the author threw in everything that in her mind she knew of New York as a point of interest, a tourist attraction, just like she threw in all the few words she knew in Italian to make him some Italian Romeo. He does say that he wants to take her out and do the touristy shit. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I would do that. Which is okay, but there's no way you could actually do all of this touristy stuff in one day. Yes, it's impossible. But they, go, they end up going to the cafe and he gets her to talk about that phone call she got and what that's about. Okay, so she confesses about her sister and her ex. And then Max actually makes a really funny comment mm-hmm. at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. He goes, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard. And I'm from yeah. New Jersey. And that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Max was probably my favorite person in the whole book. Yeah, he was pretty good. I mean, I didn't mind him. I'm just like, if you're going to have gay people in the book... I don't like them being used as like a prop is what I feel like when they're the BFF. Yeah. Um, But he was really, he was pretty funny. And I did like the fact that, you know, she told him, well, I, first of all, I hated the fact that she said, Alex was the only boy I've ever loved, which means what she's only slept with one man. I, again, the woman is, and that she lost her family and she feels really alone. And he tells her, well, you're not alone anymore. And I thought, oh, that was sweet oh i know yeah her family sucks yeah very much so oh they were having that whole conversation in one of the gallery areas and after the conversation that's when they go into the met cafe because as soon as they walk into the cafe they see ozzy of course of course talking to cassius yeah he's on the phone though so he's talking on the phone to cassius and of course it's packed in the met cafe because it's like a saturday so he like waves them over and he's like, come sit with me. And yeah, I want to buy so you they drinks. Sit, they sit there. It's a little awkward. And again, like- wait. And again, Raven thinks, what are the odds that Ozzy would be in there? Well, apparently pretty good odds. Cassius is actually there with him. He's not on the phone with him because he says that he pauses and turns around at Ozzy and gives him a dirt Ozzy. He gives Ozzy a dirty look because he sees Raven and he goes, oh brother, I guess we're done conducting our business. Okay. But then Max gets a phone call Mm -hmm. when he's at the table. Max gets a phone call. Um, It turns out it's his boyfriend or this guy he's seeing who hasn't really talked to in a while. So he's like, oh, I hate to ditch you on our touristy day. But she's like, no, go, go have fun with I can't remember that guy's name. Yeah. Alfonso. So Max leaves. So now, of course, Ozzy and Raven are alone together at the cafe. What are the odds? They talk for a while. And then Ozzy says he wants to take her out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she's not dressed for dinner. And he offers to take her home so she can change. And he also so he... says to her, she goes, I don't think it's a good idea. And he also, he says, I'm not asking you for your hand in marriage. Just dinner. He like drops her off. And then, I don't know, he, like, leaves and comes back or something. But while she's there, she, of course, has nothing fancy to wear. This part killed me. Every time she gets a phone message from Piper, it's on the house phone (laughs) answering machine. It's very sex-in-the-city vibes where she's always checking the house phone to see if Piper's ever left her a message. Yes. And, of course, in this message Piper left, she's like, help yourself to anything you want at all in the apartment. So she's like, oh. Good timing because I need something fancy to wear on this non-date. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't even borrow her underwear. I mean, it's like, really, what a violation. You go in her closet immediately and take up one of her apparently very nice expensive dresses well the first night she was there she wanted to shower and she forgot some of her hair products Mm -hmm. so she already went in piper's bathroom and took some of her hair shit well that's different than to me that's not as offensive as her taking her clothes but okay whatever i mean piper did say help yourself to whatever you want so took her literally Mm -hmm. (laughs) so she's wearing like a nice dress little black dress or some shit. who knows of course it's black yes so they're at dinner they do have a good conversation um she tells him about how she moved to the big city because she wanted to be a chef of course he offers to have enzo give her some shifts in the kitchen (laughs) Yeah, but she's also asking him, why do you want to have dinner with me? Why me? And he's all, I can choose anyone uh, that I want to be with. And I want to be with you because when they walk into the restaurant, everybody in the world is eyeballing them because he is so attractive and everybody is thinking, what is he doing with her? At least in her mind, that's what she's thinking. There were a couple hot quotes from when they were having this conversation at dinner that I wanted to point out. Yes, please. I think this is after he offers to get her the kitchen shifts. She's like, look, no disrespect, but I don't want any special favors. I need to do this on my own. And it says, Ozzy's eyes lit up with amusement. Mm -hmm. You work for me. I can put you in any position I want. (laughs) Yes. And of course she says, let's keep this professional. And he does the typical male mind fuck and says, I'm only joking. I would never cross that line. And I I hated that because it's like, Oh, I just hated it. Okay. But then they eat dessert and she's like, I'm stuffed. I couldn't possibly eat another bite, even though these are a fancy, restaurant portion so you know you're actually starving at the end of dinner (laughs) right but then he says to her open your mouth raven Mm -hmm. hot Hot. (laughs) and he feeds her this (laughs) sweet gooey caramel thing yes he makes her eat some of the dessert it was hot and everybody in the restaurant it there's whispers are intensifying because Mm there's they're snickering and, and laughing at them and he thinks to himself this kills me I would break her down and make her surrender, make her beg for it. It wouldn't take much. She's only fucked one guy. And it's like, he's just Alex from you yeah. know, the coroner shop, you know, pencil dick Alex. I'm right, sure yeah. he's never made her beg for right. it. Right. And then of course they're, they're getting ready to leave and he stands up to help her with her coat because in his mind he thinks monster or not i'm still a gentleman and i thought oh my god please i'm gonna break her in one thought and then the very next thought is well i'm not a monster because i can help her with her coat he's very complex he's got the self-hate down uh but then at the same time he's also enjoying his life to the fullest or something i don't know (laughs) and this is when things start to change the power struggle is switching to someone else because when she looks back at him and looks up at him, he's frozen in place. He just can't even move. He's so taken aback with her. Can we talk about their car ride home? Well, they this happens before they get in the car. Now they get in the car. So go ahead. I actually liked their car ride home. Mm-hmm. She gives him like a quick kiss in the backseat. Yeah. But she's like... A little like flustered i can't believe i did that she runs off as soon as it's done she's like i'm sorry i can't do this excuse i feel like there was a lot of like pre-kissing consent which was good and i liked that she was the one that kissed him yeah and he he's like blown away he's like what are you doing and she's like i've wanted to do that all night i should go <laughs> and yeah she I jumps mean- out the <laughs> car in- <laughs> runs up to her apartment he's like what the fuck just happened i mean it's so relatable though because oh my god you're so hot but then at the same time you're my boss right so she like flees to her apartment and she starts crying because she's so embarrassed and she's like oh my god i'm gonna get fired now like i really need this job i can't believe i embarrassed myself like that like yeah she's why she's in the shower crying again while he's still in the car blown away thinking i've never met any woman that like her that could have their way with me yeah she finally you know crawls out of the shower she's in like a bathrobe or something and she gets a text message from him saying they need to talk and she's like oh shit like okay here we go so she apologizes him through text message i actually love i i really like this part he's all we need to talk darling yeah and she's all shit sorry for my unprofessional (laughs) behavior and he's like i'm at your door Mm -hmm. i'm like oh my god i love it he ends up making a bunch of sex promises about breaking her and having her Mm -hmm. his sexy talk is really good yeah it is Um, i always get what i want raven always (laughs) yeah i will break you and she says you can't break what's already broken and i thought that was a good line Mm-hmm. yeah that was a good one too yeah he says maybe not tonight or tomorrow but we will finish this i will have you Ugh, take her now yeah what are we waiting for i don't know <laughs> but he ends up leaving right yeah he ends up leaving and he goes home he teases her just enough mm-hmm. when he gets home he finds camille in his apartment and i'm like what kind of penthouse in new york from a like 200 year old vampire and he has no fucking security ever because he first he woke He walked in and he saw that one lady in the bed that he fucked. Yeah. Then he walks in again and Camille is in the apartment. He's like, how'd you get in here? I'm a vampire, darling. I can get wherever I want. I'm like, oh, please. Yeah. Yes. And she brings up Raven and says, you know, I saw you with her and it it made me a little jealous. And he, of course, threatens to rip her throat out. Well, and she also says that she also got a restaurant in New York Mm -hmm. and she'll be staying for a while. Yeah. I'm like, of all the cities in all the world, she freaking... Buys a restaurant in New York. What's going on? Well, she just wants to torment him. Right. And it's working. (laughs) (laughs) By leaps and bounds. Uh, So then we get a few more days uh, working at the restaurant. We get to see um some of her time training in the kitchen of course the kitchen staff hates her because she doesn't even know how to do the kitchen prep they're so sick of her they're like why do we have to train you we're already busy doing our own stuff apparently in her five-day work week she does three in the kitchen and two as the waitress this whole part just really points out how she really doesn't know anything about cooking even though her one goal in life is to be a chef I know more from watching the cooking channel, I feel like. Yeah, she does such a bad job of just chopping up the vegetables that the chef tells her to go to the sauce station, which I thought was really interesting. She can't chop a vegetable, but he tells her, make the sauce. And, of course, Ozzy walks in and sticks his finger in the sauce, which is disgusting and against a health violation, and licks his finger right in front of her and says, oh, this, this sauce is perfecto she's apparently a really good cook even though she doesn't know any of the terms hardly at all yeah (laughs) and she doesn't know how to cut up a bunch of vegetables like she can't do any of the prep work right But she knows flavors. So, okay. Um, She's dreaming of having a weekend off because at this point it's already been five days. Yes, and she's exhausted. But what happens? There's another work trip that she has to go on. (laughs) And this time it's at Ozzy's country estate. So not only does she have to continue to work, but she has to go out of town and spend the night there. What kind of restaurant in New York... Is not open on the weekends because he takes all the staff. I don't know. I guess he doesn't care about the money. It's just a front for his vampire business. But <laughs> I, I, I guess. And she ends up getting in a cab. This is another thing that just fucking blew my mind. I'm sorry. But she gets in the cab in front of the restaurant to go home because she's got to pack and, you know, check her messages again and get ready to go. And the cab driver says to her, you know, keep your head down and be discreet because you're going to be around a lot of very rich people. And I thought the cab drivers don't give a flying fuck about you. They're not going to offer you some heartfelt advice. So the cab driver made that comment to her because she was talking to Piper on the phone and he was listening to their conversation. So why is she talking to Piper on her cell phone, but then she's always also checking her messages in the apartment. I don't know. Yeah. I think the whole point of this interaction is that Piper continues to be very mysterious and very odd. They have a very weird conversation. I don't remember what they talk about, but I just remember it was weird and Piper is just very mysterious and aloof the whole time. Yeah. So she, when Raven gets back to the apartment, of course, there's another message on the answering machine and it's somebody named Harley trying to get a hold of piper and says i'll try to get you on your burner and if you check this remotely please delete this message everything about her is shady but it's supposed to be shady i guess yeah and then that's when raven remembers that piper let told her that i'm gonna leave my burner cell number in the drawer in the junk drawer so if you need to call me call me it (gasps) it doesn't really make sense because she was talking to her in the Cab, but I guess maybe Piper had called her. Maybe this was the first time she was able to call Piper herself. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, well, whatever. So it's the night of the party. I think it's the same night that they get there, right? Yes. They take the cab mm-hmm. out to the estate yeah. and they immediately go to work. Okay. ozzy and Cassius are talking. Uh, he has a tragic werewolf backstory. Oh, he's a werewolf, yeah. So he's not just a regular wolf shifter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a thousand percent trash for him and I'm definitely reading his book. Oh my gosh, that's funny. We get a little more info on the trio. Cassius is the brains. Uh, Lux was the muscle. Uh, He says he was the pretty face with the charming accent that the investors love to party with. And there was one other... Member, but we don't talk about him anymore. So that's where we learn about the fourth person. And they all, he also says he couldn't handle the life and went rogue. So we don't even know what he is, right? Mm -hmm. Because if uh, Ozzy's a vampire, Cassius is a werewolf. I don't remember if we find out what Lux is. I don't think we do. Yeah. Okay. And then whoever this fourth person is, I don't think we even get a name for him. No, I don't think so either. At one point during the party, Ozzy overhears a couple of the women bad-mouthing Raven and he confronts them, of course, and defends her honor. Of course, because that's what a gentleman does. But then this part was a little ridiculous. Raven's trying to find the wine cellar so she can get more wine for the party. And she ends up going into the wine cellar that has all the ivy bags. Yeah. And then he finds her in there and he gets all pissed off. It's like... Put some fucking locks on your door. Uh, All these people are getting into your penthouse in Manhattan. And then now (laughs) she's just walking into your wine cellar. And he makes some comment about like, this is my house. I shouldn't have to lock the doors. Like you're having a whole fucking party. Yeah yeah how did you live this long with no security it's ridiculous i wanted to slap him yes i agree and he says to her what are you doing in here and she just froze and he's like raven i asked you a question answer me i think she says like i'm looking for the wine, but i got turned around and i like the fact that she yells back at him and she's the one that yells you should put some fucking locks on your door Yeah, like, come on, this is common knowledge, dude. Yeah, and he she she says, don't be angry with me because you fucked up. And that's when he says, what's your tone? At the end of this whole thing, she basically just assumes that he's sick. Yeah, And that's why he has the IV bags in this creepy room. He does end up kissing her, though. Of course, without warning. Distract, distract. (laughs) And this is so, his conversation to her, to me, is so bizarre. He's like, I could take you right here in this room, on the floor, on the stairs. He names every Fucking possible place he could take her. I want to bend you over the barrel and fuck you until your heart explodes. Wow. Could you do it already? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Till your heart promises. Promises. Okay. She's like, I'm not ready to be with another man. Yeah, that's how she escapes. The wine cellar. She's like, I'm not ready to be with another man, and she fucks off. And then the next thing he sees is Camille has crashed his party. Because again, there's no guards at the door. The people are just coming in willy nilly. And yeah, there's no guest list apparently. Yeah. And she has Raven cornered by the caviar station. I don't think we find out what she talks to her about, but she- Camille does tell Ozzy that he could steal her away to come work at her restaurant mm-hmm. and she makes some cryptic comment about claiming her like uh, Raven is unclaimed or something. So you better claim her soon. Or I don't know some vampire proprietary. Yeah. Needs to <laughs> <put> on. <her. laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's, could you imagine the visual of that? <laughs> yeah. He ends up grabbing uh, Camille's elbow and he takes her into the study and as they walk by Cassius, he turns around and that makes, and follows them and that makes Camille nervous because apparently Cassius is uh, another reason to Flip out on him. He's the alpha of his pack. Yeah, and I think werewolves are actually poisonous to vampires, right? But I don't know. Because it's but it says he carries silver on him at all times. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe it's the silver that's poisonous to them. But he did, he Something... still has another thought in his head that she's still sexy as hell. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. I'm like, dude, keep it in your pants. He's a little <laughs> wishy-washy in the like, I'm over Camille, yeah. I'm all about Raven now. It takes him a while to get there. I didn't like that this isn't like the like I'm locked into her she's my fated mate insta love it takes him a while to reach that point yeah and that's when Camille says that she could steal Raven and he flips out and puts his hands around her neck and says everyone that at the restaurant belongs to me including Raven I've never worked in a restaurant so I don't know is this what restaurant people do at the end of this party that they're working they all go off to have their own party in Ozzy's guest house. Well, he's not, I feel like he's not your ordinary boss. Well, no, he's not invited, but all the workers, that's like what they always do whenever they have an event at his house, they have a party of their own at the guest house. Well, yeah, maybe because he's fine with that. That's what I mean about he's not your normal boss. Oh yes. Like he doesn't care that they're partying at his house. Okay. Yeah. So they're one, part of their reward besides being paid, double time it's their own party mm-hmm. yeah i guess they're all supposed to be young 20 year old waiters and waitresses and bartenders and maybe this is what they do it's very uh Vanderpump rules yeah bravo tv yes. show <laughs> good good analogy there i'm just exhausted thinking about working all damn day yeah. <laughs> and then having to do this fucking party and then having to do a party in the guest house but you know if i was 23 maybe i could have handled it yeah and then raven of course hears tori again talking to this other bitch they work with about her behind her back saying you know can you believe he defended her uh they must be sleeping together and tori's like well ozzy made it clear he's gonna fire us if he catches us talking about her and they're like, fire you over a newbie? She must be really good in bed. And they just laugh. I know, poor Raven. She's like, so embarrassed. And she was like, at that point, she's like, well, fuck, I'm not going to go to this after party. Like, she was kind of looking forward to it. But she's like, all these people are laughing at me and they think I'm sleeping with the boss. And But see this, she is so anti me. I would have walked in there and gone, look, bitches, I'll be <laughs> drowning you in the hot uh, pasta water that... <laughs> That's, that's boiling on the range if you I fucking hear you talking about me again I'm not doing the boss And just stop being a bitch okay uh, <laughs> I'm gonna chop you up hey. cannolis. <laughs> do you see that meat grinder over there oh, you'll be getting an internal look pretty soon if you don't fucking back off <laughs> Now I, now I think I understand why people are a little afraid of me. I get it now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so she ends up, you know, walking around the house or something. She runs into Ozzy. Of course. She's trying to find a room to sleep in. Uh, he offers her a room. Of course, it's a few rooms down from his. Mm-hmm on the same floor and she goes in there she tries to sleep but she can't there's even like pajamas in there there's a freaking she... glass of water in there and she Ugh. she drinks from the glass of water that someone said on the dresser who the hell does that that's disgusting how long has that water been sitting there she suddenly becomes very brazen and forward and walks down the hall and knocks on his door and he opens it and says are you looking for something because he's told her you know you can sleep here and i'm not going to bother you i promise you but she's not having none of it she wants him. and he he says to her he invites her inside she says i don't know what i'm looking for and he says i just want to protect you darling i highlighted that too yeah i like it it was sweet and she Maybe she goes down there to confront him about him talking to her co-workers. I don't think so, Rachel. I think she goes down there to Uh get laid. Well, no, I mean, they do end up doing things. But maybe that's why he says he wants to protect her. Oh, yeah, probably. And she thinks no one's ever protected her before. And from the sounds of her family, it's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. Her family sucks. (laughs) Yeah, and then that's it. It's on. He pulls her into his room. You know, he's like, tell me to stop and I will. She's like, I can't. And then she says, please don't stop. They're very heavy in the consent, which I liked. Yeah. He's like, do you want to feel true pleasure? It's like, don't we all? Uh, he ends up tying her up for a little bit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like instantly, he's <laughs> like, have you ever been tied up, Raven? <laughs> yeah. He just skips all the steps and he they do some, you know, light bondage, some well he does some heavy petting right because she's the one that's tied up yeah and he says to her i told you i would have you i'm a man of my word Uh, so he eventually unties her they have sex it's super hot yeah he tells her you're mine she says i'm yours um they talk some more uh he says raven i'm not a typical man this won't be a typical relationship you're free to walk away whenever you choose can you handle that and she goes and what is a typical relationship the kind where the one you love cheats on you I am done with typical I want different mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. yeah and she wakes up the next morning to find an outfit and a note waiting for her wow. and I'm thinking in a human this would be an instant red flag but for a vampire I allow him to pick out her outfit that's fine why, <laughs> why would that be a re- oh because he's telling her how to dress okay got it yeah I thought he was just providing her with clothing I didn't think <laughs> i'm like oh how sweet see how stupid i am well she was already wearing pajamas that she found in that room after drinking that found glass of water (laughs) (laughs) oh dear god so gross uh he has breakfast prepared for her and that was pretty sweet it's funny to me how suddenly he's not dropping these so-called italian words anymore I don't think we ever have him drop another Italian word, which I thought was pretty funny. Oh, you're right. I think he's just because when he's with those other women, he's like putting on the act. It's like a facade of how he wants people to perceive him. But with Raven, he can actually be himself, which is good because I didn't really like that, you know, that just gross Mm -hmm. chow bella. Yeah, I didn't either. Okay. They're walking around the grounds of his estate and she ends up telling him about her sister and her ex. And then she goes straight from, you know, this confession almost to voyeurism. Yeah. Like for somebody who's only been with like one guy. Yeah. And was a Mary Sue. She sure is going straight to all the hardcore kinky stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> she- She whips off her top. She rips off her bra. She undresses herself in him. Yeah. And. She's going to be in charge now. Yes. He he laughs to himself and thinks, I'll let her think she's in charge. Yeah, I wanted her to think she was in control. She needed to feel what that was like. If she was going to be my mate, I needed her to be powerful. Okay, I didn't hate that. I'll admit it. (laughs) So. They have sex it's a good scene but then about four seconds after they finish she tells him to fuck her again i (laughs) i'm laughing but i had no complaints about this chapter (laughs) yeah i'm like oh boy yes they're making up for lost time instant connection and you know once you've ripped that band-aid off might as well then then the next thing we know um there will never be anyone else he's telling her you're mine now But she still doesn't know he's a vampire. We still don't know what she's going to say when and if he tells her. But I guess that's, you know, a little detail that they'll worry about later. And the next thing is they are, he's apparently got this great library and they're hanging out in the library. He's showing her his first editions. And of course he has a first edition of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Did you see that? Yes, of course. (laughs) But his phone is blowing up and he's got messages from Enzo and Charlie and Cassius, right? And he just turns the phone off. I don't have notes on this part on what you're talking about. I just have my notes just says that they spend more time together and they're fucking and talking. (laughs) Yeah, because he says, I'm turning off my phone. It's going to be a weekend of endless orgasms and decadent indulgence. And my notes say lucky. I know she ends up just spending like the weekend there and they just have a good time. They they realize, well, supposedly they realize that they have a lot more in common than just the the lust they feel for each other. And eventually she's going to have to go back to the city and she's getting nervous about that because even though he's had great sex with her, he's made no attempt to offer his heart to her. I think we would all feel that way. Like he's a big himbo and he is well known for being with a lot of women all the time and so of course the in the moment declarations of like you're mine and whatever when it push comes to shove what does he really mean by that she doesn't really it's not the same thing as saying like i want to be with you forever yeah it's just pretty words i wouldn't expect that i would be like this is going to be a great weekend i'm just going to enjoy it while it lasts yeah me too Okay, so she ends up going back to the city, and of course, she misses him. And then he ends up going with Cassius on a trip to Maplewood, which is the small town she was from. If we haven't heard seven thousand times, I'm surprised I could find it. It's so small. <laughs> uh, I think it was in like Vermont or something. Uh, because when Cassius was doing that digging as to what was going on with the Black account, something about an IP address pinged back in Maplewood. So there's some sort of lot underlying connection there. They're trying yes. to investigate it, right? The hackers pinging activity from the same place Raven's grew up in. They go off to do that. Now we're back in Raven's POV and her and Max end up going to a happy hour. Uh she confesses to the hookup, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then he says thing about like well let's go to a burlesque show it's like this really cool place whatever so they end up going there and when they get there of course she sees camille again of course bitches everywhere yeah she is and she's not the least bit suspicious but okay Mm -hmm. and this entire city of (laughs) manhattan millions of new york what but you know maybe she's used to running into people because of her small town upbringing who knows i don't know so camille of course warns her about ozzy and says that he betrayed her of course camille is like talking about how he turned her but raven thinks the betrayal was a cheating thing so i think when she like questions her oh my god he cheated on you she just kind of goes with it and is like right. oh yeah yeah, he, he cheated on me when we were together and then Raven's like, oh my god, he's a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, and I hate those guys. Yeah, that's right. They're the worst. Camille offers her a job at at her new restaurant. She's still trying to squirrel her away. Yeah, of course. So then we switch to Ozzy's POV and him and Cassius are in Maplewood. Yeah. Of course, they know the best place to go to get dirt on some stuff that is happening in small town is the local bar. Mm -hmm. So they go and talk to the bartender. This bartender breaks like real freaking quickly. (laughs) Yeah, like a dry twig in the (laughs) Mojave Desert. He snaps instantly and spills his guts about the family. There's no like persuasion. They're not doing any like woo-woo magic, Ozzy, Cassius uh werewolf vampire nothing it's just like straight up like what's the deal with raven and her family and this guy just spills his guts <laughs> yeah exactly he says raven's birth was mysterious
1: uh, mm-hmm. he like
0: never saw the mom while she was pregnant and she just showed up with a baby one day and the baby looked older than what they said or something to that effect I guess she didn't look anything like them. Or maybe she did look older than a newborn. Yeah, it was just a little mysterious to them. And then Ozzy's like, what are you saying? That she was adopted? Was she stolen? Yeah, that's what they're making it sound like. And it would explain why they had such little love for her. But it's so because (laughs) usually adoptive parents actually want their kids. Yeah, I know. They really (laughs) want children badly. So I I don't know. But... The other thing is then he becomes suspicious of if her parents were like that, who paid to send Raven to Italy? There's no record of her. They look, there's no record of her in the winery records of the internship who paid for her plane ticket. And then they find, he finds out from Cassius that it was Enzo. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Cassius has to do some digging in the, of course, tech way that he can do Mm -hmm. for, five-year-old plane ticket information (laughs) right and he finds out that enzo paid for the ticket but then enzo never disclosed to ozzy that he knew her so then it's making you suspicious of like what's enzo up to and how is enzo involved in all of this so the lies and the deceit and the little web gets a little thicker as we go along yes so before they leave the town though where does he go they go to raven's house (laughs) to talk to the parents because he needs to punish them yet again they go and they talk to the mom Mm -hmm. and they're like standing on the front doorstep she refuses to let them in Mm -hmm. but five seconds after they arrive she spills her guts about everything that's happening and the whole sordid history about Raven and how she came to be a part of their family. And he uses this ridiculous excuse to the mom that he wants to know about her family history because she's ill. She's in the hospital. She may she, need an operation. She's really sick. Yeah. And, and the mom, I don't know. The mom just spills her guts. Like I don't know. Like somebody cut her with a samurai sword from stem to stern. Her guts are spilling everywhere. So, even though the mom doesn't care about Raven at all, she tells them everything. Well, I don't really know her family history. She just arrived one day with like, she was basically like the little baby on the stoop, but she was sitting on top of a pile of money. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's why they kept her. Yeah, they kept her because like every year they got money for having her. Mm -hmm. But then she also has a note that was with uh, Raven when she got dropped off. So she's able to produce this note and give it to them. Yeah. And who finds that at their fingertips? I can't even find a note I made last night about the list of crap I was supposed to be doing today seriously i couldn't find it last night she produces the note and of course they see at the bottom of who signs the note this is oh my god who signs the note when you're giving a baby up (laughs) why would you sign the note i don't know not just signing the note they sign it with the last name yeah so they see the last name on the card says Devereaux. And they're like, oh, my God, Devereaux was Camille's last name. Mm -hmm. Raven's either a descendant of Camille's and her real parents are either dead or vampires. Like, how do you connect the A to Z here? I don't know. There's only one person, one family in the entire world that's named Devereaux. I could name it Blanche Devereaux. There you go. There's another one right there (laughs) off the top of my head. Didn't even have to think for too long. I just don't understand why would you sign the note if you're giving a baby whatever. Yeah, I I don't know, but <sighs> yeah, and then he realizes there's a lot more danger here than he originally thought. Yeah, so Camille's interest in Raven goes way deeper than the petty revenge that he thought before but i did really like when they were driving away and going back to new york (laughs) he says something about how fucked up raven's family is oh yeah Cassius goes so they're a dysfunctional family you've just described every human we've ever met (laughs) that's true (laughs) at some point in this chapter we find out that lux was an incubus oh right yes we do find out what he is his maker was lilith and she made him fall in love with her and then she abandoned him He shut off his emotions and has kept them off ever since. So we get a little more info on him. Mm -hmm. So we'll probably, they'll probably be in another book down the road. Oz calls Raven to warn her and says, there's things about your family I need to talk to you about. She's like, what are you talking about? You're starting to freak me out. What's going on? He's all, I just need you to trust me. I'm trying to protect you. Stay at my place. He's at her door. He wakes her up like pounding on the door. And he. so he's at her house when he does that. Yeah. Mr. Demanding. I'm never going to let you go. Blah, blah, blah. She basically tells him get out. And he just disheartedly turns around and leaves. Yes. What the hell? He doesn't even tell her, you know, she's like, especially after what Camille told me, he doesn't even go look at she's full of shit. This is what's happening. You betrayed your ex. And he's all, she's dangerous. She Doesn't she flat out say, you cheated on yeah. Camille? Yeah. And he he doesn't tell her that's a lie. Why? Just to keep the drama going? No, he, he does. He says to her, I'm not a cheater. And he, the whole the, thing was ridiculous. He talks in riddles because she's like, well, what am I to you then? And he goes, something I wasn't supposed to have. I'm a predator, <laughs> Raven. The truth is too heavy. It's like, oh, for God's sake, get out. Yeah, she just tells him to leave and he fucking does. Like, okay. Right. Even though Camille's supposedly so dangerous. I hate in these books when instead of the woman confronting the man or whoever she's in the relationship with and saying, is this true? She immediately takes the word of a stranger or an ex-girlfriend. I would never take the word. I barely take the word of the person I'm involved in with, let alone the ex of the person i'm involved with why would you believe anything that came out of their mouth um why would the ex have your best interest at heart like they owe you no loyalty that's right doesn't make any sense and their conversation was probably one paragraph in the whole chapter like this conversation was very short i'm like okay he gave up real fucking quick yeah he did (laughs) That's the thing. I'm like, don't act like you're such a bad ass. And then the first time I tell you, get out, you leave. Fight for me, damn it. Yeah, it was annoying. And he had, he went and he confronted Enzo when he left her house. Oh, yeah. He's all, tell me give me one reason not to kill you. Because you know how those Sicilians are. Yeah, but this part doesn't make any fucking sense either. Because when he confronts Enzo, Enzo tells Ozzy that he's been keeping tabs on Camille. And he wanted to make sure that she stayed away from Ozzy. And he goes, 22 years ago, I learned that she had a bloodline, a line of descendants, humans, and the only surviving one was Raven. Camille was after them, all of them. So Raven's parents left her on a doorstep in Maplewood, a place that Camille would never think to look because it's such a small town, people. But I'm so fucking confused. How does she have human descendants? Why was she after them? We're at 80% of the book, and all of this shit is just now surfacing. And by the way, we really don't get answers to any of these things. I I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, because I thought the same thing. (sighs) So then Ozzy is like, oh, well, maybe the only reason I'm attracted to Raven is because she has the same blood as Camille. And of course, Camille's blood is special because i turned her i'm like this creeps me out that he's thinking that she might be like camille might be like the great great whatever and Mm -hmm. he's still it's creepy it's a little too incest it's a little too small town uh stereotype (laughs) for me (laughs) that's exactly what i thought i'm like ooh, he's the love of his life was camille but now he's in love with her what great great granddaughter or great yeah well okay creepy it's very creepy and then I don't know my mind went on way too many tangents for this because Ozzy was with Camille before she turned human and when she turned vampire that's when their relationship ended so then that made me think is Ozzy part of this family tree also I got very creeped out at this point that it was a very incestuous that I didn't make that connection. But how would she have children if she got turned into a vampire by him? The only kids she could possibly have were when she was still a human, unless they're saying yeah. that she could have vampire kids. No, she probably, who knows? Jesus Christ, I don't know. I put way too much thought into this. Yeah, part you of the do. Book. Please stop. <laughs> it's a it's a fantasy that's supposed to take you out of reality let yourself be taken please ozzy leaves his confrontation with enzo and he calls cassius and he's like you need to put surveillance on raven's apartment because you know camille is whatever she's doing and cassius confesses that he already has surveillance on the apartment because he put it on the apartment because lux Mm Hmm requested it because lux is actually piper's boss yeah and he wanted surveillance done so he actually installed uh, surveillance months ago to keep tabs on her so i'm like okay piper and lux definitely must have a book coming out because right why is he so into her even though he's locked all his emotions away and whatever well the other thing i don't understand is why would enzo who's a mere mortal feel like he could protect oz or if he's trying to protect raven Oz as a vampire is in a much better position to protect her than a freaking human being. It doesn't make any sense. I think Enzo's been part of this weird vampire family thing for generations or decades or something. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be like super loyal. And I don't know it. A lot of the ending of this book did not make sense to me. And I had way too many questions when mm-hmm. the book was over. Yeah, so then what happens is Ozzy tells Cassius, meet me at the penthouse. He goes back to the penthouse. He goes, (sighs) (laughs) he hears voices down the hall uh, and who is in there, but his assistant, Charlie, who's doing cocaine off his coffee table and there's naked chicks everywhere. There's a literal orgy. Yeah, and he curses himself for giving him a key. Again, what Where's your familiar that's supposed to be guarding your door? Yeah, talk about something you could actually use as a fucking vampire. Where are his locks? Yeah. Don't get right? it. And he t- instead of, he just tells Charlie, F- finish up and get the fuck out. Charlie's got like four naked bitches in there. There's- <laughs> some of them are fucking each other. He's mm-hmm. doing Coke. Wow. He goes so up then- to his bedroom. There's- of course he does. There's a naked brunette on his bed that says, I've been waiting for you, Mr. Fabiano. There's a naked woman in his bed. And for a second, he contemplates it, but then he thinks, no, I don't want to because Raven's all there is for me now even though is uh, he contemplating this other bitch in the bed because raven told him to get out so you know he's free to fuck whoever he wants but he tells this girl you need to leave who would argue with him she's like but i'm your gift i did not like this part of the book i did not like his back and forth raven's it for me she's Mm -hmm. my mate this that and the other thing but then he's literally contemplating at 85 percent of the book fucking this naked chick in the bed because he got out of Raven's apartment after she told him, I mean, if a five minute conversation is going to end your mate relationship, you don't fucking deserve a mate. I'm sorry. Like, I, I agree. Unacceptable. Unacceptable is right. So, of course, what happens? Raven realizes I made a mistake. I shouldn't have told him to leave. She jumps in a cab. She, of course, goes to his penthouse. And what does she hear? A party. Yeah, she walks in on Charlie fucking these women on the sofa. Well, she sees all these naked women stretched out and bent over his furniture, liquor bottles, cocaine. So, of course, Charlie's like, you don't want to go up there right now. He's busy. Like, wait your turn or something disgusting. The whole thing is gross. And so she, like, storms up the stairs. And as she's coming up the stairs, Ozzy is, like, coming out of the room. And so they have this, like, staircase confrontation. And then, of course, that naked bitch... Comes out of the bedroom and is like, come back to bed, baby. Ugh, gross. Yeah, so he's trying to get her to stay. And she's all, Camille was right. She closes the door and starts to run away. He's chasing after her. Running through the streets of Manhattan. Yeah, she steps off the curb. And who's there? A black SUV. Conveniently, the door flies open and it's Camille that says, get in. Why does Ozzy not have vampire speed? how could he, how can he not catch her why doesn't he have a lot of things why can't he glamour? why doesn't he people? have locks yeah. <laughs> why doesn't he have why can't he glamour people i don't know he throws so, himself as the car though at the car as they tear off into the night yeah she like rolls the window up on him he's like don't do it she's dangerous and they drive away Yeah, I'm sorry, but if somebody told me their ex was dangerous, I would, of course, believe them. I've watched enough of those murder shows to know people are insane. Well, maybe they don't have murder shows in Maplewood. Oh, that's true. (laughs) That is true. So they end up going of course to the meat packing district because all Italian showdowns have to happen in a meat packing district and now she's starting to get des- regret her decision. She's like why aren't they going to an office building? Why are they going here? Camille walks in and sits down with four guys that look like bodyguards and she says, I want to talk to you. Yeah, she does the whole creepy bad guy monologue at the end of a book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is where she says, I'm your great, great, great grandmother. And of course, Raven's like, what the fuck is she talking about? She looks like she's like two years older than me. Like, yeah, she's just because she still doesn't know about vampires. Right. And so she Camille tells her bodyguards, her goons to bring Bring in the person they're hiding. And who comes in? Tori. The girl from the restaurant. Yeah. Was calling her country girl. Mm -hmm. So she's like, even though Raven's, she wants to turn Raven and ruin her life. She's still blood. And she's not going to let this bitch disrespect her great, great, great granddaughter, apparently. (laughs) And she's all, here's a gift for you. This person has had it out for you. Raven's like, what are you talking about? Please let us go. And all of a sudden she reveals her fangs and she sinks them into Tori's neck and drinks her dry. Chapter ends with vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, at the end of chapter 22, she realizes that there's a vampires. And mm-hmm. I think she like probably passes out or something cliche. Yeah, she passed out on a velvet couch. <laughs> a fainting couch, probably. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, so they, Ozzy shows up. She tells her payback, him payback's a bitch. She's my blood. I have the right to turn her, even though Raven hasn't chosen to do this. And I guess one of the things she's throwing in Ozzy's face is that you didn't, you weren't my blood, so you didn't have the right to change me into a vampire. I'm not sure. I, I did not catch the connection. The end of this book did not wrap up nicely for me, and I had way too many questions when it was done. I don't really understand why she was on this murder spree for her family members. Yeah. I don't.
1: Well, wait, a what? lot of
0: the Camille questions don't get resolved for me. Well, the one question that does get resolved is what does Cassius do with those silver chains he carries around? Apparently he uses them like a lasso. He wraps them around Camille's throat, paralyzing her in place. And Ozzy says goodbye to Camille and he rips her heart out of her chest. Mm -hmm. my favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then he squeezed it between his palms and so the beating stopped yeah (laughs) and he immediately turns to Raven and says you're okay I'm not going to hurt you let me take you home and she actually I love this part she begins to move her hand towards me mine covered with Camille's blood wow Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. she comes to in a room he's sitting there watching her you know Raven's freaked out that She's been bitten. This is very Twilight also because Twilight was all about um, Edward Mm -hmm. watching Bella while she slept at night. That was most of the book was watching her while she slept. And this is the exact same thing. Raven's in her bed. Ozzy sitting in the corner in a dark corner being a total creeper. Mm -hmm. And when Raven says to him, tell me everything rot." Ozzie spills his guts about everything. His secrets, Cassius's secrets. Cassius's secrets. Yes! Likes his secrets. <laughs> yes! I'm like, oh my god, could you please just talk about yourself if you must? And then he yeah. explains to her that we sell things on the black market. They, they hunt down magical artifacts. So he... Basically ends the conversation with her and is like, I'll give you space to figure out what you want. And he leaves. I'm like, what is it with this guy leaving all the time? We've totally forgot that he even spills Piper's secrets that she works with lots. Yes. (laughs) So there's nobody that he doesn't throw under the bus. Yes. yes everybody's going down with him yeah and she does ask as he's leaving why did camille hate you so much and he said i made her vampire against her will then he leaves you're right he leaves yeah he thinks um i had to either turn her or kill her oh i'm sorry despite- <laughs> there's one more person secrets is- enzo secrets he <laughs> he tells her even about Enzo. He paid for your ticket to Italy. So He's been keeping tabs on you since you were a baby. Yeah, when he spills his guts, he does his and everybody else's guts. I'm sure if she didn't know Max was gay already, he would have thrown that out. <laughs> he would have shoved Max <laughs> yeah. out of the closet. Right, exactly. <laughs> Thank God Max outed himself to her. Uh, my neighbor, four doors down, stole a packet of gum when <laughs> you were six years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah okay uh, so anyway he of course tells her if you drink, if i turn you it's forever you need to think about that and he walks away right yes he fucks off yeah <laughs> Uh. okay so she showers uh tries to like figure out what she's doing with her life she calls piper yeah Uh, their conversation was okay Mm. piper's still kind of mysterious but whatever raven heads to work she thanks enzo for looking out for her how is enzo looking out for you he all he did was get you a one month trip to italy or something like that's how he's protecting you i don't i don't know then ozzy is actually at his country estate and when he's like so he has super hearing even though he has doesn't have super speed because he's like in his room or something doing something and he hears tires on the driveway and he's like what could that be But dun, before dun, dun. before that happens there Cassius talks to him about the hacker and it's an apartment the IP address belongs to an apartment in Brooklyn and it's registered to Harley Ryan isn't that the person that left the message for Piper Oh my god yes i just thought of that when i saw harley again yeah he tells her to erase the message so that's a good catch i totally didn't get that and when they said the person's name of who it was registered to in the location i'm like well this is fucking weird like who is that person and why are they bringing it up but you're totally right yeah and i thought the whole reason he went to that podunk town is because the ip address was happening there but now Maybe- they're, now they're saying the ip address is to an apartment in brooklyn I think it was registered to an apartment in brooklyn but maybe it was like pinging like how could it ping off of some tower in maplewood they don't have towers in maplewood but yeah it says the address for the ip the ip address is an apartment in brooklyn registered so the apartment in brooklyn is registered to harley ryan so we don't know in this book we'll probably other books we'll find out but apparently this is going to be the next nemesis Okay, that's a really good catch, though, because I really was like, who is that person? And why are they like randomly bringing this up? I didn't get it when I read the book. I just got it just now when I'm going back through my notes. But this is the good part about talking about the books, because then you catch stuff that like you didn't think of, or like you didn't notice before. Because God knows of all the things in my life, that is the most earth shattering, (laughs) important thing that I remember yes exactly priorities (laughs) yes so now we fast forward and he's got that super hearing thing happening and what happens oh yeah so raven is there it was her driving on the driveway she's wearing a black dress and stiletto heels i'm like okay yeah me too um she makes a big confession about only caring about only caring about him Mm -hmm. Um, he says you are anything but ordinary raven you are an explosion of stars lighting up my dark sky you never have to be away from me ever again i promise sweet it is sweet yeah and that's when is that when she asks him do I quit my job what do I do now do I live here with you this girl cannot make up our own freaking mind he's like you could be a chef we can travel the world we can try to find your birth parents yeah I think she's just kind of like well what okay yeah great we want to be together but what does that actually look like when you put it into practice right and isn't that how the book ends um the book ends well the chapter ends with her offering to cook him dinner so that they can have alone time at the house together I thought the whole chapter was really sweet and romantic Mm -hmm. and oh yeah that is the end of the book because there's no epilogue yeah you're right what do you say what do I say what is my wet panty rating yes I actually give this book three and a half wet panties why tell me what you liked and didn't like okay so what I liked was that She was always the one making the first move, even though he's the one that's more powerful in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Like she kissed him first. Uh, She went to his room for the hookup. She even went to him at the very end of the book. So I really liked that she was always the initiator for things. That's funny because that is really annoyed me. And it's probably because that's what my last marriage was like. I always had to initiate everything. And after five years, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Okay. So in real life, I would not be like this. I'm not like this. And like my husband knows I have an open door policy. So like, if you can leave at any time, I'm not going to chase you. <laughs> 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 that's why he stays. You know, men always want what they can't have yeah i'm but i'm just honest like if you don't want to be with me i'm not gonna beg you to stay with me like so in real life i'm totally not like this Mm -hmm. but i liked it for this book and these characters because she is the younger one and she is just like the normal human and because he's like the older like physically stronger he's the paranormal one i liked for them not for myself but for them i liked it Well, I apparently am always relating a book to me because I did not like it and would not like this in my life. And if I'm going to get into a romance uh, story, I want the man to be sweeping me off my feet. And Um, I also really liked the side characters. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like there was just enough of them. Like I'm interested in Cassius. Yes. Lux and Piper. What's going on with them? Not Charlie. No, fuck Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's the deal with the fourth guy like we don't even know that fourth guy's name but if we have a vampire a werewolf and an incubus Mm -hmm. he must be a warlock or a witch maybe he's an angel or something i don't know he's got to be something cool like i'm interested in like all of the side characters which is a good thing for a series how many books is in this series Four. each of those side guys gets their own book oh i see okay And I think all four are already out and that's another thing I like about this series is that they're all in KU so and they're like quick reads this book wasn't even 200 pages long so it's like a quick easy read. Yeah. In KU. Okay the stuff that I didn't like I have way too many questions about Camille left over considering she got murdered at the end of the book. Yeah me too. So I wanted that to get a little more resolved. And then I don't really like the gimmicky prop thing about the gay BFF, but that's just like a personal thing. Well, I didn't like the fact that she started this book off with it using a, uh, the Italian thing bugged me. And then a third of the way through the book, we totally forget that he even comes from Italy or he never references that again. I, I only gave this book to wet panties. I, it was all right. It wasn't great. And I don't think I'll be reading the rest of the books in the series. There's so many other books I want to read. Yeah. See, I thought it was okay too. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. I don't it was a quick and easy read. So whenever I'm probably like in between books, I'll be like, oh, let me see like whatever happened with Cassius. Or it's like, you know, you can read the book in a couple hours. Well, you could read the book. I in could. A couple <laughs> <years>. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. Yeah. So um all right. So we've rated this book. What are you reading now? Are you reading? I am reading. So last month or whenever I was talking about, I was getting sucked into the uh, Zodiac Academy oh, right. wormhole. Mm-hmm. Are you back in that wormhole? <sighs> I binged four books in that series. <gasps> and they're so high anxiety and high stress. I literally had to stop reading them. <laughs> I, You know what? I've had books like that. I guess I have. So at the end of book four, I was like, "Holy shit! I cannot keep doing this to myself." And so I had to take a break. So actually, this morning I just downloaded uh, book number five in Zodiac Academy. So I'm going to read one of those while I I have a couple library books I'm waiting for to come through <laughs> mm-hmm. from my the hold or whatever they're on. So while I wait for those, I'm going to do this roller coaster of Zodiac Academy again. So I'm sure you would never guess in a million year whose book I'm reading. Um, It's either Ruby Dixon or Rebecca Zanotti. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Which one? Ruby (laughs) Dixon. Okay. (laughs) I'm reading book 14 in the Ice Home series. It's called Steph's Outcast. I'm probably 50% through it and I really am liking it. And I just finished, um, which is the what number book is that in the that's book number five book number five in the Alyssa's what's her name Alyssa Thorne Alyssa Thorne series and I really like that book I'm I really like the Greek mythology characters that she has Mm -hmm. and the books are very interesting and so now I'm on to the last brother what is his name Oh, Oh, gosh. Starts with an E. Erebus? Erebus. Yes. And that's going to be good. I can tell already. Nice. So I think I have that box set. I just haven't read those yet. I read the first four in that series. Mm -hmm. And then, so now you're further than me. I did read an Alessa Thorne book, two of them this month, actually. I read The Sharpest Edge, which I told you about last podcast, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the book I just finished was uh Kiss of the Blood Prince. That's book one in like an urban fantasy book series she has called The Faye Universe. Oh, I'll have to get that. It was okay. I think that might be the first book she's written. Um, so you can kind of tell like how she's grown as an author because mm. she's written so many books in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. So that one was okay if you like urban fantasy. And when is the Sarah Moss book dropping? Because I I can't wait. Tuesday, the 15th. Yeah, she's killing me because she's dropping all these little passages on her Instagram account. And I'm like, stop toying with me. She's doing like little quotes. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's like, just drop the damn book. Drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Could be reading it. I don't want any spoilers. There's like a lot of spoilers going around. So I'm avoiding like... I'm trying to avoid social media as much as I can. Cause I don't even know if I'm gonna read it like the day that it's released. So what if it takes me a few days to get to it? I'm afraid I'm gonna see some spoilers on it. Yeah, I'm gonna jump that thing as soon as it's, I pre-ordered it. So it'll be automatically downloaded. I, yeah, I pre-ordered it too. Yeah, so um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, and then I started our next book. You wanna talk about the next book we're gonna read? Uh, yeah, the next book we're going to read is The Dragon Marshall's Treasure by Zoe Chant. Yes, this is a new author to me. you never heard of this author, so yeah, me too. Yeah, so uh, I've read maybe 25% of this book. But yeah, I'm interested in seeing what happens, and I'm hoping this is a good book. Okay, yeah, it's an interesting premise. It's like a, a marshal police officer, basically, like a federal police officer for people who don't know what a marshal is. And he's like a dragon shifter, right? And he like yes, goes he to yeah, he goes to do something and he ends up like finding his mate or finding this woman and yeah, it's interesting. Yes. We'll see. Yeah. I'm ready for another dragon book, which reminds me of I gotta finish the other Ruby discs and books in that dragon. <laughs> I was toying between that the ice home book and the next dragon book in her series. And I'm like, I got to find out what's happening in the ice home. And I got to tell you this woman, just when you think you've read it all, she creates something else happening in this world where you're never it coming out of left field. So her, the books, even though there are so many, because there was what, 22 and now I'm on book 14. So how many, 36 books of hers I've read. Yeah. about this world i none of them are boring yeah it's crazy i think she's not afraid to rough up her characters like we saw that in the ice planet barbarian series like she like literally blew up the world at one point yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yes i agree so yeah that's what makes it interesting and uh, out of all these couples it's like The couple's trials and tribulation, it's never a regurgitation of what another couple went through. It's she thinks of an entirely different dynamic between the whatever couple is in the book. Mm -hmm. And that's why even though it's from the same world, they're so different and their interactions are so different and their backgrounds are different that it's still fascinating to me after 36 books. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, she does really good characters. Mm-hmm. Like her characters are well thought out and they're very unique. Yeah, she's scary. She's so prolific. Yeah. All right, then. All right. Well, I'll just do the sign off then. Alrighty. If you can rate and review us on Apple podcast, you can rate us on Spotify, tell a friend, tell a friend, um, our Instagram is at bonded books, podcast, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook group is the parlor, I'll put a link to that stuff in the notes for the show. And you can email us at bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com.